Amen. Thank you so much. Now, if you have a handout, let's check it out. Make sure you have one. If you do not, maybe you should raise your hand. Anyone need one? They're only $10 now. They're free if you get it on the way coming in, but anyone need one? All righty. Start your day with God. Follow along. And we'll fill in some blanks. I hope this will be helpful. As you notice, I want to give credit where credit's due. I was in a church, Columbia, South Carolina. We were there on a Wednesday night, and Dr. Marty Vaughn was speaking. Marty Vaughn's a friend of mine. He was really a counseling pastor and faculty member at Northland Baptist Bible College for many years. And now he is, hallelujah, glory, another Christian here. Amen. Good to see you. And uh, anyway, he was, now he's in Atlanta, as far as I know, and he has a counseling ministry, an amazing guy. And he's the one that showed us what I'm going to show you, especially on the flip side, that is how to start your day with God. It was so good, I started doing it. And I always do it. I can almost say that every single day I do this to start my day. And I got permission from him. said, do you mind if I take this, share it with folks? I tweaked it a little bit over the years. How to start our day. Let's see. It's Psalm 118.24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, that's a typical... uh, plaque you see in the Christian bookstore, you know, you put it on your refrigerator, this is the day, and that's fine, every day we should rejoice, but if you look in the context of that, the preceding verses talk about the cornerstone, and we go to Matthew and we find out the cornerstone is Jesus, so I believe that Psalm 118.24 says, rejoice in the day when the Lord was raised from the dead, resurrection power. And that's exactly what I want when I get up in the morning. And if you'll follow along, especially as we get to the simple outline here, I think you'll see how that can help us to do that. Day. Today's the day of salvation. Day. Uh, Give us this day, our daily bread. Take up thy cross daily and follow me. One day at a time. Fill in a few blanks and that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to preach on these three points at all. I want to get to, the, get to the really heart of this. But you notice hindrances to a right start. You see that on the front of the outline. What hinders us? Well, three things. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Number one is the world about us. We open our eyes in the morning and the world cries out. Uh, pay attention to me. There are things you need to do today. There are things to worry about. Uh, Follow my interests rather than God. So we face the world. We live in the world. We are strangers. We're pilgrims. We're just passing through. This world is not our home. And so we have to be aware we're hindered by the world. And First John, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Number two, our hindrance would be our flesh. Our flesh. It bids for our time. Major obstacle. Our flesh, you might think a lot of things, but when I think of flesh, I think of feelings. You know, this makes me feel good if I do this. That's the flesh. I'm going to worry about something. That's the flesh rather than the Holy Spirit. 
uh, this guy offended me, I'm going to get back at him. That's the flesh we're facing. That's a hindrance to serving God and even starting our day. Number three, the devil. The devil bids for our time. He is alive and well on planet Earth, and we know that. He has an army. Uh, there are demons. They probably cannot read my mind, but they can sure whisper in my ear, just like Judas whispered in his ear, you know, uh, be uh, a, what the word am I looking for? It's the chocolate cake that's working on my brain right now. You know, it's good. If I ever backslide in my nutritional being a nutcase, it's in church. <laughs> Gift of hospitality, somebody made that. Let's eat. Oh, there are just many donuts. I'll only eat a dozen of them, you know, because they're small. Anyway, betray the Lord, uh, the demon whispered in Judas' ear. So he can whisper in our ears. Let me share with you a verse. I'll just read it to you. Don't take time to turn. But Hebrews 2.14. This is a verse that... That kind of threw me for years. Verse 14 says this. For as much then, Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. In other words, human beings are in the world and they're of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise, that's Jesus. We're talking about the incarnation. Took part of the same. He became a human being. That, in order of that. Through death, he might destroy him that had the power of, the, of death, that is, the devil. And I read that and I think, you know, the devil's not dead. You know, he hadn't destroyed him. Uh, he's still alive. He constantly attacks. And then I got a little bit deep and I discovered that the word destroy in the Greek is the word katargeo. And it means made of none effect made of none effect so Jesus died on the cross and of course gave us the potential to be crucified with him Romans chapter 6 however he didn't destroy Satan's power he just by his victory on the cross made it for us the possibility to make the devil's evilness of none effect he's alive he has demons but I do not have to yield to him. I do not have to let him control me. And because Christ became a man, part of being a man is that he faced temptation. Hebrews tells us in all points like as we are. And he had victory. And because of that, he did in that sense. Make the devil's power of none effect in our lives as children of God. So we're up against the world, the flesh, and the devil. They're real. So what should we do to start our day? Now, I'm not talking about how to have your daily devotions. You already know that. You probably have a certain way you read through the Bible. You have a prayer list. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what is the very first thing we do when we open our eyes in the morning. You see, when we do that, we're at a time when we're very vulnerable because we have not been reading any scripture. We have not been having fellowship maybe with a godly spouse. Uh, we have not been listening to good music yet. And uh, we have not been meditating on the word of God. We just open our eyes and we are so vulnerable. By the way, 
same thing in the middle of the night <laughs> when you open your eyes. Uh, that's when you cry out to the Lord and quote scripture if need be and start talking to God and turn the tables on the devil who wants you to wake up and worry and just start praying and asking God to work. So you open your eyes. What is the first thing you should do? Number one, give thanks. Give thanks. That's number one. Fill in the blank. Give thanks. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates. Well, that can mean a lot of things, but surely it can mean enter into the presence of God in prayer. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. Four different words saying power of gratefulness. So what happens? I open my eyes and immediately, Lord, thank you. What do I say thank you for? I probably say, Lord, thank you for sleep last night. You know, maybe I woke up in the middle of the night, as you start to do often as you get older, and uh, immediately the devil slips something into your mind, you know, try to keep you awake. And there are times when I say, Lord, will you please Send the angel of sleep, whatever you want to call him, and help me to go to sleep. And God answers prayer. So I wake up in the morning, and I say, Lord, thank you for sleep. I might say, thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for this comfortable place to stay while we're serving you. Lord, thank you that, as far as I know, I don't have cancer right now, and I'm thankful. Because uh, I have some friends that have it, and we're praying for them. Here's the point. There's power in a thankful spirit, in a grateful spirit. The devil wants you to wake up and think about all the negative things that you're facing, and there may be a lot of them. Turn the tables on the devil. Lord, thank you for a comfortable bed. Thank you for a spouse who loves me and loves you. Lord, thank you that I have the privilege to serve you in some way. You begin with a thankful spirit. First thing is say, thank you. What are some things you can thank the Lord for? Well, I just put a few ideas down. You might thank the Lord for 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Suffering, suffering. Oh, you say, Brother Dave, what are you talking about? Well, you know what we do in our Baptist churches? Thanksgiving, which is good. We, we cancel the Wednesday night service. People are going out of town. So on Tuesday night, we have what? Right. <laughs> we have Praise and pie. Mm, yeah, praise and pie night. Woo, everybody bring your favorite pie, you know, and we'll have testimonies, and that's great. Have you ever heard anybody stand up praise and pie night and say, I want to thank the Lord that last year I had a great year. I got COVID twice, and not only that, I wrecked my new car. I bought it and paid for it, you know, and I was in bondage, but I drove out and just tore it up. Woo! Not only that, my house burned down. And not only that, all of my kids now had decided to join the first church of Satan. It's been a great year. Praise the Lord. No, nobody does that. We do not say, Lord, thank you for the trials that I have. That's really the first thing we should thank the Lord for. Because the devil wants you to do just the opposite. He wants you to question God by thinking, oh, this trial, God has forgotten me. God does not love me anymore. And when you begin to do that, you are on the road to defeat for that day. So you might say, Lord, 
thank you that you have given me some arthritis. I pray you'll use it to remind me that I must depend on you. Thank you. You know, when I was about 52 or 3 years old, I did ask the Lord to do whatever he wanted to do in my life as far as helping me finish well. I said, Lord, if you want to put me in a wheelchair, that'll be fine. If that'll help me to cross the finish line, send me whatever you need to do. And I prayed that sincerely. And if that's your spirit and attitude, you can wake up in the morning and no matter what trial you're facing, you can say, Lord, I don't really like this. This is not something I really wanted to have, but I know you're only good. And I know you're gracious. And I know this trial will be used to bring glory to you in my life. So thank you even for this trial. Then you might thank him, obviously, for God's love. What can separate us? Who can separate us from the love of God? You might thank the Lord for, and look at the third one, hope. Thank him for hope. This is not hope in yourself. It's not even hope in your church. Uh, it is hope in the Lord, the blessed hope, glorious appearing of the Lord. And I think I wrote that one down at that time because as we've helped church planters start churches, we usually tell them, we know you don't have a lot here to start this church. You know, you're starting in this warehouse and you got to come on Saturday night and clean everything up and set up the chairs. We know you don't have a beautiful building. You don't have a guaranteed youth group. You don't have a choir yet. You may not even have a piano uh, that works yet. But you know what you do have? You have hope. You have hope that God has called you to do this and hope in the Lord who is here and who will strengthen you to do God's will. So you might just wake up and you're headed to despair. It's been a rough week and a rough night, but you say, Lord, my hope is in you. And even though right now I don't feel like it, I know you're in control and I know you love me. So number one, open your eyes, Lord, thank you. Then number two, give day, give day. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What do I mean by that? Name the day. Lord, thank you for rest last night. Thank you for your word. Thank you for fellowship I had yesterday at Anchor Baptist Church. But Lord, this is a new day and I want to dedicate this Monday to you. And I named the day. Lord, this is your day this Monday. And when I do that, in my mind, I'm thinking Monday morning and Monday afternoon and Monday night. It's all yours. Now, here's what will happen if you do that. You may come to Monday afternoon and get some disturbing news, face some kind of sore temptation. And when you face that or get that news, you're tempted to doubt God. You're tempted to not rejoice in the day. And the Holy Spirit will remind you. The Holy Spirit will say, Dave, I know you're about to get mad at God, but you told him this morning that the whole day was his. And this is Monday afternoon. That's part of your vow. So you need to rejoice. Focus on God. Get some counsel if need be. But this is the whole day you dedicated to the Lord. Whether it's morning, afternoon, or night. 
Lord, thank you for rest last night. Uh, thank you for this comfortable place. Thank you that our, um, your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, I, I, I give this Monday to you. This is your day. Usually I say, Lord, give me somebody I can talk to about you. Give me somebody I can give a track to or have a word of uh, gospel counsel. Will you lead me? Give thanks. Give day. And then number three, give control. Give control. Now we're talking about a, a teaching, a doctrine related to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And one of the results of being filled with the Spirit, we speak to our yourselves and even one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. We're talking here about saying, Lord, thank you for rest. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for leading us. You answered our prayer. Uh, Lord, I'm going to give this Monday to you. This is your day. And now I pray, God, you'll fill me afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. The filling of the Spirit. I'm sure you guys know in this church, simple Holy Spirit 101 doctrine, that when you receive Jesus, you're regenerated. You are baptized into God's family with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The minute you bow your head, Lord, I'm a sinner, save my soul. He forgives you, justified in heaven, and the Holy Spirit comes and does what? Takes up residence in your physical body. He's there. That's why Paul said, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're not your own. So the minute you get saved, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. However, this verse says, be filled with the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is nothing more but making sure all your accounts are settled. Making sure there's no sin you're holding on to. Because if I have unconfessed sin and I hold on to it, I know it's there. The Holy Spirit told me and I rationalize, I blame it on somebody else. As long as I do that, I'm really hindering the Spirit. I'm quenching the Spirit. Two words, maybe you study someday, hinder and quench. What I'm doing is blocking the fullness of the Holy Spirit that I can enjoy. And I sure want to enjoy that. Look at Galatians 5, and 23, and you see the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, macrothumia, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, self-control. I want to enjoy all that to its fullness today. Lord, fill me afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. I give this day to you. Now, you know what happens, because we still have the flesh and the world and the devil. We get up. Read our Bible, pray, take off into wherever God's led us, and then 10 o'clock comes and we stumble. <laughs> we think a wrong thought, we say a wrong word, we lose our temper, we doubt God, <clears throat> and we sin. So what should we do? We should immediately get that account settled. 1 John 1, 9. Lord, I'm sorry, I'm going to name the sin I just committed. Please forgive me. Put it under the blood of Jesus. Fill me afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. You may do that many times during the day. For the filling of the Spirit is not something you magically get by coming down the aisle one time, though I love public invitations. I'm not saying against that. But it doesn't come in one great service or one great uh, experience, you know, and I'm filled with the Spirit. No. 
It is a constant, continuous work where I ask God right now, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? And indeed, so many times when I step up the platform and come into the pulpit, I'm breathing to God and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And I guarantee you there are times now when I pick up the telephone, I did this much when I was a pastor. I knew somebody's on the, and I'd be saying, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Help me not to say the wrong thing, but only the right thing that you might be glorified. Someday, I'm sure your pastor will take that word filled and probably show you the five elements of a Greek verb. I'll do it now. Plerao is the word. Be filled. It's filled up and running over. It's the same word used in Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply, plerao, all your needs. It's also used in Colossians. You, the fullness of God is in you, dwelleth in you, full, filled and running over. And that Greek verb, present tense, which is continuous action in the Greek. You're always supposed to be filled with the Spirit. Continuous. It's a passive voice. That means God does the filling. I can't fill myself. Sometimes we think if I look a certain way, do a certain thing, don't do a certain thing, that people are going to say, you're a Spirit-filled believer. Not necessarily. God does the filling. That means it's supernatural. It's uh, present tense. It's passive voice. It's imperative mood or mode. What is that? Command. It's not a suggestion. This is a command. Be filled with the Spirit. And I love this. It's second person plural. Second person is what? You. Remember in English class? I, you, second person, he, she, or it, third person. You. That means when you think about being filled with the Spirit, you cannot sit there and say, Oh, boy, I wish my husband was here. He sure needs this, you know. <laughs> I wish my teenager was here. I'm going to get the tape and time down, make him listen to it, you know, and then he'll live a spirit. No, he, he's nailing all of us. It says you. And then it's plural. I love that. It's not singular. Plural means the filling of the Holy Spirit is not just for the Billy Sundays or the David Brainerds or the Bob Joneses or the uh, whoever. It's for all of us. So I'll wake up in the morning. Lord, thank you for rest last night. Thank you for your word. I look forward to reading it in a minute or two. Uh, I, I want to dedicate this Tuesday to you. It's your day, Tuesday morning, afternoon, and night. Fill me afresh and anew right now with your Holy Spirit. And if you fill me with your spirit, I'm sure as I read the Bible, I'll probably learn something because the Holy Spirit's my teacher. He'll help me understand the word of God. And you notice I put it in bold, and that's a statement that uh, Brother Vaughn told us, and I love it. You're, it's like saying, Dear God, you are my commander in chief. Give me your orders. I will obey. Give me grace to run from all sin and let you control my life today. That's just, we'll use a whole bunch of words to say, Fill me with your spirit. I added something at the end there, at the bottom of the page, my own little kind of acrostic that might help you. You may not even need it. But I put TDC acrostic. This day Christ, this day Christ, you see the acrostic. T, this is thanks. T, thanks. D, give day. And G, give control. Thank you, Lord, for rest last night. 
I want to give you this Monday. It's yours. Protect me. Give me strength. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me be used of you. I will follow you. How to start our day. When I heard this talk, I started doing it immediately. And then I did what most of us do. After three or four weeks, I forgot about it. <laughs> and I didn't do it for a while. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of it. And I got back to doing it. And I, I'm just almost positive, positive. I do it every single day. And now, oh boy, I'm probably doing it in the middle of the night when I wake up. Which, which happens when you get older. It does, doesn't it? Some of you give me testimony. And uh, I, I, I realize it's after midnight, so this is a new day. So I'll do it then. And then wake up and get into the word. Lord, thanks for loving us. Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the price that he paid for us on the cross. We rejoice in the victory of the empty tomb. Help us to live in that victory. We all have needs. Folks in this room that I don't know sure have trials and tribulations and difficulties that I know not of. But Lord, you know. And I pray you'll use your word to strengthen, to comfort, to lead us. For indeed, we want to spend our short life turning souls to the truth and glorifying your name. Send your blessing, continued blessing on this church, Anchor Baptist Church, and Pastor Wood and Becky. Use them for you. Lord, help us even as brothers in the ministry to help one another. Iron sharpens iron. To pray for one another. We want to one day see your face, and we want to finish well. Only by your grace can we do that. If there's anybody here, Lord, it's not saved. I pray right now while I'm praying that they'll just call out to you, Lord Jesus. They'll put all their trust for heaven in the finished work of Jesus. In thy name we pray. Amen.